Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? Lawrence Van Alstein. I am a senior at Michigan State University. I am studying media and information with a concentration in film production. Bringing this podcast today to talk a little bit about one of my favorite series, Star Wars. Uh, I've just loved the series for a very long time. And that's pretty much all I can say about that with myself. So, of course, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope came out in 1977 and it was a massive hit at the time and nothing existed like that then and it just absolutely blew audiences away with the visuals and the cinematography and the the production was so big and it just killed like every record that was going on it's one countless awards it's got accolades you know the whole nine and it really all just started with george lucas having the dream that like i'm gonna make this sci-fi movie based on movies that i had seen and media i had consumed when i was a child and the studio of course tried to stop him and they were like well we don't really want to make this movie it's not gonna make any money we don't really know George Lucas had to earn the trust of the studio to get his movie made. So he ended up producing American Graffiti, which also featured Harrison Ford in it when it was going to be the first time that those two had finally come together to make something. So once he made that movie and it was a massive success, Fox finally decided, okay, you will let you make your, your fun little uh, space movie. And it went pretty well. Uh, nothing again, like I had said, nothing like that had ever happened really before. A lot of the techniques used in the movie were very revolutionary at the time. It was pretty common to use practical effects like that, but to be like driving on a car and throwing fireworks into a small set to simulate explosions on the Death Star was pretty intense, even at the time. And those sorts of things really stand out and it makes those things like the explosions still look good even today. And he really broke out a lot of those actors because people like Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, all of them really weren't big names when that movie started. They were all Mark and Carrie were Carrie wasn't even 20 yet. And Mark was, barely over 20. I think it was 21, 22. Harrison Ford was an old man, but Harrison Ford's been an old man for his whole life. When the movie came out and it started breaking records, it actually broke the record for Jaws, which is very funny when you think about it, given the connection between George Lucas and Steven Spielberg being so close. So, you know, 
there's probably a little bit of friendly rivalry there with that. The world building in Star Wars, as everyone knows, is pretty much uh, its main draw is the world is just so big. And George Lucas was just very good at creating that very large and detailed world of it really just seems like this is where they live and things are the way they are, even with things looking alien and crazy to us like that just is their life. And I think that's really one of the most wonderful things about Star Wars, especially A New Hope. So a little bit of my personal experience with it. I grew up watching the Star Wars movies. I am a massive Star Wars fan. Like I am hardcore. I am a nerd about it. I know a bunch of the history about the production, about the movie itself, about the world. I've watched them my whole life. Um, my parents would always put them on for me. I had the toys, I had the action figures, stuff like that. And I just remember being a kid and playing Star Wars and watching the movies basically. And that was pretty much all there was to it. And part of that probably is the reason why I study what I study now. So I wanted to take the opportunity to talk about this movie because it probably has had a profound impact on me. It's one of the things that I love in my life and I really, really wanted to talk about it. Welcome back. So I am here with my girlfriend. We've been dating for seven years and she wanted to come on with me because I know that she has some experience with watching Star Wars. Obviously from a far more casual and less like geeky side. So talk a little bit about how you experience Star Wars. All right. So my name is Janelle, by the way. Um, my experience with Star Wars kind of began once the sequel movies started coming out um obviously i was nowhere near lawrence's experience with star wars my life maybe my brother got into it when he was eight and by that time i was like 12 so you know nothing like lawrence here with our combined knowledge of the star wars universe let's talk a little bit about how it went. So obviously in 1977, the movie released and it released to a couple theaters. It wasn't a ton, but it was only, you know, uh, it was about a couple hundred maybe. And it started making, it made $2 million in them, which kind of blew everyone away even at the time. And they were like, okay, like we got to get this in more theaters. So they put it in more theaters and it made way more money to the point that like, 
it, they could clearly tell they had a, like an overnight success on their hands and they had to do something about this because people were going crazy. They, they were going, they were going to go see the movie and it launched careers of actors that nobody had really ever seen before. And you just, you had to go see it because there was nothing else like that between the, the effects and the worlds. There was just, there, there was nothing like, I know I've said that many times now, but th this was the first kind of movie like it and people wanted to see it and it was reviewed perfectly. Like people loved it. The story was great. People loved the visuals and they just could not get enough of Star Wars and they just wanted to see it so, so badly. I remember you saying like your dad saw it like 50 times. He went the to the theater. theater 50 times as a 10 year old boy. And his experience was actually kind of funny because he heard people talking about it. And he's like, what is this weird like space movie that people are talking about? Which ended up seeing 50 times <laughs> in a movie theater. I'm sure he wasn't alone in that. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't. That seems like a rather common occurrence yeah. was people were going wild for it. And you can still see like even today, like people still go wild for it. It's just it's crazy to think that like back then a movie would be so groundbreaking and original that somebody would want to go see it 50 times. So moving into the modern day, definitely mixed with how I think people see them now. I think, I, don't get me wrong, I love them. <laughs> but I do still believe that some of like, I think some people do look at them with rose tinted glasses a little bit. I think people do kind of overhype how good they are, which don't get me wrong. They're amazing, <laughs> but people do act as if nothing else Star Wars has ever made is good. And I do think that really hurts the sea. Uh, not sorry, the sequels, the originals, given that they are great, but you can still point out flaws and have it be oh, an okay thing. So I think presently it's definitely seen, they're definitely seen as great. It's just, I feel that sometimes we use our rose tinted glasses to ignore certain problems. How do you feel? I was gonna say, I think like for people like me who really like started watching Star Wars after, way after the originals started, it's a kind of a disconnect because you you can't help but compare the sequels, prequels, and originals together. And they're very different yes. in plot, in look, in style, everything. I would tend to agree with that because I know it's definitely a lot different for us because uh, for mm -hmm. us, which, what, do you remember when episode three came out? No. Okay. So we were five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, I've kind of never lived in a world without the prequels because with both of us being born in 2000, and Phantom Menace coming out in 99, we never had that experience of being in a world without the prequels. So it really does kind of skew our present day view of it because we couldn't have seen them without the other three. Uh -huh. 
it just really changes the view because like I got pulled out of school to go see Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. I got to see the wrap up of, of, of these six movies. So it's a lot different for me to go back and look versus somebody else go back and look. And I think like looking at other platforms like Reddit, for example, seeing older fans and like we've talked about this before, but like when the prequels came out, everyone hated them. And like with the originals, they're like the golden, like that no one could touch them. And then now the sequels came out and now they're bad, but the prequels are amazing. So definitely yep. has a generational aspect to like when you're interested, when you got um, exposed to the movies. For sure. For sure. So I definitely do have to say presently, everyone still loves them. They're it's Star Wars. It, you're kind of hard pressed to find someone that doesn't like Star Wars. And even if they don't particularly like it, they can still appreciate it because right. it is Star Wars. However, now taking that into the future a little bit. So how do I think this is going to be looked at in the future? It's kind of hard to say, given that I don't know where the Star Wars franchise is really going. It seems like the idea now is to make more TV shows, which is completely fine. That's you know, that's cool. And it's very hard to think about that is how are newer movies going to end up affecting these movies? And as Janelle pointed out earlier that there's a lot of fans that still talk about them and people want to point at the sequels and say the sequels are bad. The sequels are terrible, but now the other two are okay. So when the next trilogy comes out, is it going to be, Oh, these nine movies are okay. But this, these three are bad. So I'm just kind of prepared to see that is that we continue to say like these ones are good and the new ones are bad. And I think that all does still stem from the first movie being as good as it is. Because if we're still talking about it, uh, 50 <laughs> at the current, almost 50 years later, almost 60 years later, like. Clearly the movie has had staying power and is going to have staying power. And I definitely feel that even with the movie having dated uh, effects, like there's a scene with the TIE fighters flying and they're all doing the same formation. They're all doing the exact same move because they're just duplicated. Yeah, it looks a little cheesy. And yeah, some of the acting is a little stiff. However, good storytelling is always going to be the thing that persists about Star Wars. And Star Wars just, episode four just has good storytelling. It's simple. It's not too much. It's not trying to break the mold and be this amazing story, but it's just done well. And that's what's always going to keep it staying around. I think it'll be interesting to see where Star Wars goes. Like you mentioned, like TV stuff happening. Like obviously Mandalorian was huge. We have like the Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan coming. So I think especially Obi-Wan will be interesting since he's (laughs) Obi-Wan. He's a very big deal. Yeah. And specifically with episode four, I think a lot of what's happening currently is like not too lined up with that but i think things like obi-wan and boba fett will bring back 
you know, the nostalgia part For sure. of the originals. So mm-hmm. I feel like the future, definitely not a negative, like, how do I say that? Like a negative trajectory yeah. in terms of how people view episode four. If anything, it'll go up. In my opinion. For sure. I mean, you even got to think, though, with making the Boba Fett's or sorry, the Obi-Wan series, you know, Obi-Wan was an original trilogy character. Right. Ben Kenobi existed. And now here he is again back on the screen and we get to see kind of the transition between the prequels and the uh, original trilogy. And we kind of get to see Obi-Wan become Ben Kenobi. So I definitely think that for the future, we're still going to be looking at it and going this is good. We still like this because we have fallen in love with these characters and we want to know their stories. Mm-hmm. My name is Jackson Grubb. My name is Brendan Perswara. My name is Torin Kaplan. When I complete my degree, I want to become an audio engineer. I want to work in live broadcasting. I want to work in the film industry. My name is Jackson Grubb. My name is Brendan Perswara. My name is Torin Kaplan. And, and I... Start your journey at comartsi.msu.edu. All right, so we have a couple questions from the audience here. So let's just read them off as we have them. How old are you when you first saw Star Wars? For me, oh my God, uh, (laughs) three or four, like, I was very, very young when I first started watching Star Wars, as I said a couple times, like I, I've been in love with it basically my whole life. I played Star Wars as a kid. I had the toys. I had the lightsabers. It was it was a big part of me growing up. Is it like in general or the four? It's in general, probably. Um so as I mentioned, I Got into Star Wars really when the sequels came out. So the first Star Wars movie I watched from start to finish was seven. Um, and by that time I was 15, right? Yeah. Yeah, it should be about right. Um, so that's that. But for the originals, I would say pretty close after that because I got into the whole series. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second question. Who's your favorite character and why? For me, it's definitely obi-wan kenobi i just i always i've just loved his story and how he's one of the only characters to actually have crossed over from the clone wars into the original series i just think that he's a very fun character he's very interesting and i just really like his personality my favorite star wars character is emperor palpatine I think he is the coolest guy ever. I, ugh, me and Lawrence disagree about this, but I remember reading after, you know, Nine came out and he was like, you know, the puppet master. I read a thing that said like, the whole Star Wars saga is kind of like based on Palpatine, if that makes sense. I'm sure there's a better way to say it. But I think like his involvement in all three of the stories is super cool. Not to mention, you know, his force lightning and whatnot. I just think he's a cool guy and I'm going to say he's my favorite. Okay. Okay. Finally, and this is probably the most controversial for the both of us because we definitely don't share the general opinion for this question. Uh, How do you feel about Disney's involvement with Star Wars? It's great. 
anybody that tells you otherwise is just not right. And I will stand by that. Since Disney has taken over, they've made Disney Plus, which has launched a lot of Star Wars shows. We got an, we got an extra series of Clone Wars and they made three movies and they've built two worlds inside of the park. That's amazing. And that's great. And if you don't think that, I, I can't help you. That's <laughs> some of the best. Like, that was a great deal. And it was a fantastic deal for everyone involved. Yeah. Since Disney, you know, brought the sequels to us, to me specifically, it really opened the whole world of Star Wars for me. I think that happened with a lot of people, too. Just like it really sparked an interest with most people. Um, and I think definitely like changing up the way Star Wars has been presented in the past, like not to get political or anything, but having more like diversity, you know, more strong female characters, I think it makes it more relatable and likable to a lot of audiences. And like, like we've watched like, what are they called? There's YouTube videos of like kids at the the Star Wars land at Disney World and like little girls dressed up as Rey, like being so excited. I think it just reaches a wider audience than like nerdy boys like Lawrence. So (laughs) let's let's not get too deep on me. So yeah, I think Disney has definitely brought a lot of more fans and more avenues to peruse in the future. All right, so. Let's get down to what we're here for. Does Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope hold up today? Personally, I feel yes. Even with the dated visuals and somewhat stiff acting from some of the actors, the story is still great and the story will always be great. Well, since you point out... Things like visuals. We talk about movies all the time and we always point out that I personally, as a movie watcher, love visuals. Like, it's a big part of how I process movies. So, I, with that in mind, but also considering the impact of Star Wars in general, episode four does hold up in that it's so iconic. Like, everything about it like even (laughs) the like (laughs) the cheese (laughs) yeah all the things that are like maybe a little outdated give it its charm and don't take away from the movie i think it's all part of the movie that's understandable plus like it was 1977 right no we didn't have things like the volume that we have now to make the mandalorian there weren't supercomputers to bring back those damn TIE fighters (laughs) doing the same move. Like we only could do so much that in at the time, obviously visually that was amazing. Right. But now I've seen episode nine where I've seen literally thousands of ships show up. I'm not going to pretend that that isn't still visually amazing to see all those ships on the screen versus I watched like 11 TIE fighters scaled to different scales put behind each other. And I'm supposed to believe that these are all in space. I think that is like taking a stance on this verdict. You definitely either put yourself 
in the situation of seeing those things for the first time versus comparing them to what we've seen now. Like movie editing has come miles since then. It's come a little far. So it's easy to compare them and be like, oh, episode four, it looks awful. But I think at the end of the day with the story, the social impacts, movie impacts that it had, I think it holds up. For sure. And we're still talking about it. Like, this isn't just like, like, I don't know, any other movie. Like, because we could have picked anything pre-2000. And with Star Wars, it's still going. It's still going. There's, there's still more. It's not stopping. There's more shows. There's books. There's more books. There's comics. Like, it's it clearly is still going and it all stemmed from this one movie like that's amazing that 50 years later we're still making content for it and even things that have had staying power and have still been seen like like wizard of oz yeah it's still played but every time they make new content for it it's terrible and nobody likes it there's new content yeah they made a couple new movies i promise and a cv series huh well, that goes to show that it didn't have much of an impact because I've never heard of it. Exactly. So it's just, it's very hard to like look at it. And even with all the things that are bad, because even with the good, there's some bad. And, and I think that's a hard pill for some people to swallow. <laughs> even with all of that, the story is still good. And that thing birthed a world that's still growing even today. And that's kind of great because it's given an opportunity to a lot of actors that probably didn't really have them before. And it really has broken out like a lot of people and it's kind of made iconic roles for people or it's added to already really high pedigrees of, Hey, I was also in this star Wars movie. And to me that really has to say something about star Wars. So we've come to the end and we need to determine, does this movie still hold up? In my opinion? Yes. I agree. Perfect. <laughs> so I feel that it holds up. And a lot of the merits I just said in that it's great storytelling. It's as Janelle said, it's, absolutely iconic it's it's just it's so entrenched in media history and people hit pop culture it's i've said it a lot it's star wars you know what star wars is somebody says star wars and you immediately know what they're talking about and that's that's wonderful that's the wonderful thing about star wars is no matter what it is no matter what it looks like no matter who makes it who's in it when you see Star Wars, you know what it is. So, yeah, it does still hold up, even now. So, I want to thank Janelle for coming on and being with me and really helping me out with all of this. Thanks for having me. No problem. And uh, this was produced by Lawrence Van Alstyne. I set up all the equipment. I edited it. I did all the things to make this podcast uh, come to life. And in closing, yeah, like this definitely does still hold up. 
And you'll hear us next time. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Goodbye. (laughs) Find the classic holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89FM.